Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This is the Action Network Podcast. It's good! Oh. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch! They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown! You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God! That's incredible! Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Welcome into the Action Network podcast. Today, we discuss 2022 NFL free agency. We will first dive into the AFC. Chris Raybon is here, NFL analyst. I am Brendan Glasheen. We will go division by division, team by team in the AFC today, Chris. And folks at home, if you have a specific team you have an allegiance to, a team you want to learn more about, there are listings and stamps for each division, each team. We will touch on all of it in this episode. We will be utilizing our voiceover queen, Tina, and she will help us announce each team as we transition from one to the next. Oh, yeah. Let's do this. Free agency starts on March 16th at 4 p.m. As of March 14th, teams are allowed to contact and enter negotiations with unrestricted free agents whose contracts expire at 4 p.m. March 16th. Then the new league year begins March 16th at 4 o'clock. So we are just under a week away from that approaching. The draft is April 28th, and then we get to rookie mini camps in May, in June, mandatory mini camps, OTAs, and then training camps in July. There's the map for you in terms of new league year. But again, Chris, next week, NFL free agency, we will start in the AFC. I can't think of a better place to start. Then the AFC West, because of the Denver Broncos acquisition of Russell Wilson, we can start with the Broncos if you'd like, because they are the talk of town right now. They are the talk of the NFL town. Denver Broncos. What do you look at as it pertains to the Denver Broncos? What else can they do to better their roster and be a contender in this division? Because as we probably assume, it's going to be a tough division for the entire season. Well, you know, going into last year, even you looked at their roster with Teddy Bridgewater and you said, you know, they're probably a quarterback away. I mean, that roster was just strong up and down and they gave up a boatload of picks for Russell Wilson, a couple of players, you know, Shelby Harris, Noah Fant, but this is still, 
I think now one of the strongest rosters in the NFL. I mean, Russell Wilson changes it that much. So uh, I'm looking at edge rusher for Denver. You know, uh, they still have a decent amount of cap space. Uh, they're in the middle of the pack. So, you know, Von Miller, that's been kind of a rumor that, that he may go back there. Uh, you know, Chubb has been hurt a lot. So I think what this team should do is not break the bank uh, for anyone, but I think some short-term deals for some of these edge rushers to hire, maybe a Melvin Ingram, uh, a Jerry Hughes, Justin Houston, all of those guys can probably be had uh, for under 10 mil a year. Uh, and especially with this team, I think they would be willing to sign, you know, a one-year deal. So uh, I, that's where I'm looking for them. And, and I also really like uh, the Denver futures right now, because again, I think, you know, this roster could still even get a, a little bit better. Uh, it's already a Super Bowl contender on paper, but they're plus 650 to win the AFC, uh, plus 200 to win the West, which I think is great because it's going to be a, a, a gauntlet with Mahomes and Herbert and Casey and LA and the Raiders always kind of hang around. So I think it's anyone's division. So I'm loving the Broncos futures, but looking for them to get an edge rusher to kind of fortify that, that defense. Yeah, you almost think with that model you just presented, it's very similar to what the Rams did. Of course, you go out, get the quarterback, pay what you got to pay to get the quarterback, multiple first-round picks. You let the Lions swallow Jared Goff's contract to get Stafford. But then as we saw throughout the course of the season, they go out and make moves. They get a Vaughn Miller. They get an Odell Beckham Jr. So the other suggestion might be to wait on Denver because what if they have some lopsided loss early in the season and folks freak out and think, oh, maybe this won't work. Maybe they don't have enough. As we saw at the Rams, when they hit a little bit of a rut, they went out and made moves during the season. But yes, there is value to be had as of right now before the league year begins. So next question is we move on to our next team, the Kansas City Chiefs, the favorite to win the AFC West at plus 120, the second favorite at plus 700 behind the Buffalo Bills the second favorite to come out of the AFC. What do the Chiefs do now, or what can they do in response to what Denver is up to? Kansas City Chiefs. They kind of got to do the same thing. Yeah. Uh, I think they got to go after edge rushers because you look at Frank Clark. They could actually save a, a boatload of money uh, if they let him go. And he just hasn't been good these last couple of years. He has not played up to his reputation. So I could see that happening. Uh, we don't know if they're going to be able to bring Ingram back, but I do think... If they don't bring Ingram back, we got to bring somebody like that back. You know, Jones is still good on the inside, but I think you need an Ingram, a Hughes, a Houston. Uh, and Houston could be uh, a possibility given the familiarity there. But you saw how much better that Chiefs defense got last year once they acquired Melvin Ingram. Uh, and I think they need to kind of keep that going. They're going to need that pass rush again. It's going to kind of be the, the same story in this division. It's going to be, you know, cornerbacks. It's going to be pass rush because you, you're going to have to face, you know, two elite quarterbacks. Or if you're the Raiders, you're going to have to face three elite quarterbacks, uh, you know, twice a year each. So uh, I, I think edge rusher for the Chiefs, they don't have much cap space. But again, that's why I think Frank Clark probably, uh, you know, is a cap casualty at some point. Uh, and that's how they kind of do things because they, they were able to rebuild the O-line. So I think they're good there. But I, I do think they... They, they really need to be able to rush the passer. They also, earlier in the week, franchise tagged Orlando Brown. Mm -hmm. they, like you said, offensive line, they've shored up the last couple of years. But what I would, what I, my counterpoint to you would be cap space can be maneuvered in ways. And they're going to have to do that, right, going yeah. forward with now talking more big picture with them, with, with Mahomes, if indeed they uh, lock up other big deals with their offensive pieces. Do, do you sense that – 
it all does Kansas City have any players that they might want to move off of or, or cut before the year begins to, to create some flexibility during the season? I mean, I, I just go back to Clark. I mean, you're saving, I think it's 12.7 million. You know, that's yeah. the guy for me. I mean, uh, I don't know if you have somebody else in mind, but for me, that's the guy that kind of sticks out like a sore thumb. No, that makes a lot of sense. And again, I don't know if we can consider them big spenders, but to your point, you can get guys on those one-year contracts very much like Denver. So it's compelling. I think it's, it's appropriate to mention those two teams first as it pertains to how they will be, it's, a, it's going to be a tug of war throughout the course of the offseason as to how each team tries to become better than the other. Los Angeles Chargers. Then you have the Los Angeles Chargers who have expectations with their new quarterback, their newer quarterback, and in, in that I mean Justin Herbert, younger quarterback, nine and eight season last year. They play a compelling week 18 game against the Raiders. We all know how that went down. So you kind of weave into the discussion here. They've got Brandon Staley back at coach, who I think did a pretty good job running the offense, but some questionable calls down the stretch. There's pressure on him coming into the season, but personnel wise, what can the chargers do to better their roster? A lot right now. They are at the top of the league in terms of cap space. So I mentioned the Broncos and how I kind of like their futures. I love the Chargers futures. I mean, they're plus 400 to win the division right now because, you know, the Broncos obviously jumped and, and the Chiefs are still the favorite. I think that's great value. I think these teams are still, when it's all said and done, going to be very close because, yes, the Broncos and the Chiefs have the better rosters on paper right now, but the Chargers have the quarterback and the Chargers have the cap space. And they, I think they have a pretty good coach. I know he's been criticized uh, at times, but I like, you know, he's, he's thinking he's thinking outside the box, which I think is good. But I look at the cornerback position for the Chargers. You know, a, a, you know Samuel wasn't that good. He could make a jump, but, you know, Davis ranked near the bottom of the league in PFF grades. Chris Harris uh, is well past his prime and is a free agent, so he probably won't be back. They were 19th in pass defense DVOA. Everyone talked about their run D, but a lot of these teams, they're conceding the run nowadays. And uh, I think the, the bigger issue is that if you're going to be – bottom three against the run, you can't also be below average against the pass and you can't be below average against the pass in this division. So I'm looking at them with this cap space, go after JC Jackson. Like you, you were, you know, outside the top 20 in interceptions last year. This guy has uh, 17 in his last 33 games over the past two years. Uh, Darius Williams is another guy played with Staley in Los Angeles. So I think they'll go after him. Uh, Bryce Callahan, a, a guy who can play in the slot, uh, can play some man zone inside, outside. Uh, he's familiar with that Fangio Staley scheme. So I'm looking for them to really make a splash at cornerback here uh, with all this cap space, because I, I just think it's going to be unacceptable for them, given their scheme, trying to limit big plays, uh, conceding the run. It's going to be unacceptable for them to finish uh, with the below average pass defense again in 2022 if they want to, uh, you know, make a postseason run. Makes makes a lot of sense, and I think you know they 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 map out to me. They they, they feel very similar, and it's easy to say this now because of what happened last year. But they almost feel like. Last year's Arizona Cardinals, a team that has odds that are high in their division, a loaded division. They didn't make many moves. Now, they go out and get J.J. Watt, A.J. Green, some lower-key veteran moves, but no one was talking about them to be a potential threat to win their division. Justin Herbert, year three. Kyler Murray last year, year three. It's just very similar, and I think Herbert's got more of an upside in terms of the passing game than, than Kyler does, but 
it feels like a team that will not be let off the hook, even though they play in the same division as Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes. The Chargers do have serious expectations, so keep an eye on that as well as it pertains to uh, their front office and Brandon Staley as the coach. And you know what's interesting about the Chargers? I mean, not that they're going to get a quarterback because they have one, but they could be this year's Rams. I mean, you have Brandon Staley, and you have cap space and L.A. Like, cap space and Southern California go very well together, especially when you have a quarterback. So I think it's going to be – a very attractive destination uh, in free agency for this team. Las Vegas Raiders. So now we move on to a team in the Las Vegas Raiders, the fourth team in the AFC West. And look, a lot of folks are going to think this team does finish four out of four. And they've got a pretty good team middle of the pack in terms of cap space. They got a middle of the pack quarterback. They've got a new head coach. What is the outlook of the Las Vegas Raiders? Very different uh, in terms of their coach with Josh McDaniels in year one. I think he's going to want to get another wide receiver. You know, they have Renfro, they have Waller, but I think they need another guy in the outside. Zay Jones is going to do it. Uh, Ryan Edwards, obviously not. But uh, also, they're they're going over a major scheme change, going from Gus Bradley and that, you know, single high safety to Patrick Graham, who's going to do a little bit of, uh, of some different things. And so I think cornerback is also going to be a need for them because again, you have to play these three now elite passing offenses that all have talent on the outside and you got really good play out of Casey Hayward last year, but that was kind of scheme specific to Gus Bradley. So I think now with Patrick Graham, you have to go get a guy that can, you know, kind of play and give him what Hayward did, you know, in terms of production, but, as a scheme fit. So I'm thinking maybe a guy like Stefan Gilmore, um, you know, one of the top corners on the market getting older, but rebounded really well from a down 2020 uh, and played well last year when he was in the lineup uh, and has that familiarity with Patrick Graham from their days in new England. So I think Vegas, um, I think cornerback is going to be their most pressing need. And I think Gilmore would be a great target. Yeah, as much as we talk about offenses in the in that division and, and the upside of those offenses, it's important to sure up the defensive backfield and the corner, the corner depth in terms of un, unrestricted free agents is not. Uh, I don't think it's, it's it's best, but a guy like Gilmore can cash in like he did when he yeah. cashed in with New England a handful of years ago. Joe Hayden is on that list. You already mentioned J.C. Jackson. He wants top of the market money. He will not settle for anything else. Not tagged by the Patriots. So that's a good call. Moving from the AFC West, we will go back east to the AFC East. Again, we led off with AFC West with all the news coming out this week on Russell Wilson, even Mike Williams signing a new contract with the Chargers. Let's go to the East, and we will start with the reigning AFC East champions. Once again, the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills. The Bills. Not a ton of cap space for them. There are rumors about Cole Beasley maybe moving on from him. What can the Bills do to take that next step and be in the AFC title game again and finally get to the Super Bowl? Well, the Bills got a lot of pieces in place. They don't have too much cap space. They're kind of in the that bottom quarter of the league, bottom third of the league in terms of cap space. Uh, but I think for them, it's just kind of focusing on – uh, and some of the littler things that that could kind of prevent them from going all the way uh, at the defensive line, you know, uh, Jerry Hughes, he's a guy that might not be back. You know, he, that's, that's some pass rushing that they're going to lose right there. You know, Shaq Lawson, there's some mutual interest 
maybe he goes there. I think defensive tackle, you know, they were pretty weak uh, up the middle. You could run on them at times, even though they start the year very well against the run. So maybe a guy like Calais Campbell comes in, signs a one-year deal. You can get him for, uh, I think, under $10 million. And then if Beasley's moved, especially, uh, but even if he's not, I really like the fit for Christian Kirk. Uh, we'll see if they can, you know, pay him. I think he's going to command uh, a pretty good salary, maybe 12 mil or so. But uh, I really like Kirk as as a replacement for either Sanders or Beasley uh, because Kirk is a slot guy, can play inside, outside, uh, played really well against man coverage last year and can get vertical from the slot. So uh, he can still give you some of that underneath stuff, but uh, can also get vertical from the slot. And I think that really fits Josh Allen uh, and what they do, especially with the emergence of, of Dawson Knox, you know, he can also handle some of that underneath stuff. Uh, they can go to Singletary if they want. So uh, I like the fit for Christian Kirk there, but yeah, I think it's defensive line and, and then just figure out, you know, how to keep at least, uh, you know, three deep at wide receiver, if not four deep. Miami Dolphins. How about the Miami Dolphins? They've got a ton to spend as well. They've got a new coach coming in, of course. Um, they've, they've got some, uh, there's a lot of questions too, if they want to upgrade a quarterback with, with Tua, do they end up moving off Tua? They're running out of time based on the, the stars that are going away with Rogers and Wilson, their decisions earlier this week. But what are some things the dolphins can do to shore up their roster? And what does their cap cap outlook look like before free agency? Oh, they have a ton of cap space. I believe as we record this, they're number two in the league. They have over $50 million in cap space. I think they are going to stick with two. I think that was part of McDaniels kind of signing on. And uh, they, they kind of said they're out on Watson. And I really don't know who else would be a major game changer for them. Uh, so I think it's going to be about kind of helping Tua. And one of the things he struggled with was pressure. Uh, his 34.2 PFF grade under pressure was 33 of 40 qualified quarterbacks, just three touchdowns, seven picks under pressure. Uh, so I think that you need to go out and make sure he's protected. I think, you know, they have enough cap space to break the bank for Teron Armstead. I think they should throw money at him if, you know, he, maybe he doesn't want to go there, but I mean, it's Miami, you know, it's Miami. It could be a lot of money. Uh, why not? So I think he's a guy that you want to target, you know, Eichenberg and Davis, um, just not getting it done at the tackle position. And Miami's, you know, they've been in the news. They've been linked to a lot of top-end free agents just because of their cap space, uh, their interest in J.C. Jackson, uh, which would really be crazy because they also have, you know, Howard. I think that would make a, a great, an even better cornerback uh, combination there. Ryan Jensen at center, you know, their O-line is pretty weak almost all the way across. So I think he would be a huge upgrade for them. And then Amari Cooper, because remember, they, they had the failed Will Fuller experiment. Uh, still got Waddle. Gasicki was franchise tag, but still probably need one more guy uh, to truly you know, kind of take some of that pressure off Tua. You know, Parker's probably going to be on the outside, but uh, another receiver could really help. So, uh, but I really like them to just go after Teron Armstead. I think that's what they need to do first and foremost. New England Patriots. Let me go to the Patriots. New England Patriots, uh, $13 million in cap space. They do not tag J.C. Jackson. That's a team I wonder if they try to make changes to – well, we don't even know who, what their staff looks like. Like, Who's going to call the plays for the Patriots next year because they lose McDaniels, who a lot of folks figured would be the, the next guy behind Belichick. You hear rumblings anytime a big-name wide receiver becomes available, Amari Cooper or Robbie Anderson, who have they been in discussions with. What, what do the Patriots do? Because they, they look at it now like we, we've got to find a way here to maintain 
our offensive prowess, uh, we, we've got to match Buffalo. We have a shot at this division. It's interesting on offense because the line is still pretty strong. You know, Trent Brown looks like he's going to be back, which I think is important. I think they should resign him. You got your quarterback of the future. The wide receivers, I think Myers is decent. I think Bourne could be a third guy. But yeah, I think they need a Cooper or Robbie Anderson. I, I, that's kind of underwhelming, but they've been linked to him as a trade target. Uh, but if Cooper's released from Dallas, I think that's a guy they should go out and get. Because remember, New England drafting wide receivers, not very, yeah. not very good. And I'm also a little worried about, you know, Bill Belichick and just is he going to finally be spread too thin? I mean, he lost, he's lost so many coaches over these past few years. And now they're talking about he might call offensive players. And we know he's like the genius on the defensive side of the ball. So uh, I actually think that, you know, they need to make sure their defense is fortified as well. They're going to lose a, a very, very impactful player in J.C. Jackson, it looks like. I mean, 17 picks the last 33 games uh, over these last two seasons. That's tough to replace. So I have an interesting one, a little bit under the radar, but Trevarius Ward, I, I think, would be a good fit there uh, in New England. Uh, he was 21st in PFF's cornerback grades last year, above average each of the last three years. Uh, he can play man coverage. He's just 26 years old, and Jackson's probably going to get, you know, 20 mil a year. Gilmore probably is going to take, you know, 12 to 15 uh I think you get Ward for around 10 mil a year. So uh, Traverius Ward is kind of the, the fit that I have kind of circled here for New England uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, Gil, Gil, Gilmore's not going back there. He, he ain't going back. <laughs> that, that didn't end well. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's another big offseason. Uh, I thought last year would have been bigger, but and by bigger, I mean they answered the call spending. They spent $180 million, but now it's another offseason where Bill Belichick will be challenged to figure out who the next guy is at corner. And just to quickly wrap here on the Patriots, they've had a guy at corner for the last decade. I mean, you go back to, uh, they did it with Revis. They did it with Malcolm Butler. They did it with Asante Samuel. They did it with Aqib Talib. They've had a guy. Yes. Yeah. Shut down corner. So we'll see what they do. Then we go to the Jets. New York Jets. I don't, I hate doing this uh, to the Jets, but like Robert Sala, Job security is always on the line when you're a head coach with the Jets, right? So something to consider. They've got a boatload to spend as well. What do the Jets do to spend or not spend? What, what, what do the Jets do here? I mean, you got to spend on that pass defense, uh, specifically a corner. They were 32nd in uh, pass defense DVOA a year ago. So I think, you know, you just got to start at the top here at corner. I mean, you got to throw, <laughs> you got to throw whatever JC Jackson wants. You got to throw that money at him. And if he doesn't want it, you just kind of go down the list from there, you know, Gilmore and Ward and all those guys, like you need cornerbacks. Uh, that's what you need, you know, in, in, in New York, first and foremost, obviously there's a lot of holes on the roster, um, on offense, you know, I think it's, it'll be interesting to see who they kind of want to surround Elijah Moore with, you know, to grow Zach Wilson and, uh, you know, probably could still use a little bit of help on the interior, but uh, I think cornerback has to be the priority. So uh, I just think you make a, you know, the best offer th that you think is going to entice Jackson. And then, you know, if he doesn't want to go there and he probably won't want to go there because he's going to have his choices, I, I would think you just go down the list. I mean, Gilmore, Carlton Davis, uh, you know, Hayward, probably not because he's more of a I think he's going to be more of like a one year deal guy. But um, you would really like to get 
you know, one of those top three, Jackson, Gilmore, or, or Carlton Davis, if you're the Jets. And, um, and then even supplement that, you know, with maybe a, a Ward, a Steven Nelson, Hayden, you mentioned, although I think he goes to a, a, a contender as well. Right. Uh, but Dante Jackson, maybe, you know, whoever you can get, like you need multiple corners, but you especially need one. Uh, and preferably a guy like Davis or Jackson, who's young. That because this is a rebuild. This is going to take some time. Uh, you, you you do want a guy that's young here, but uh, you know I don't know what's going to happen with Zach Wilson. It, will he be able to take them even to the playoffs on his rookie deal? Is he? You know who knows. But I, I think you want to go young just because you're in rebuild mode here at, at cornerback. If you're the Jets, but you can't be dead last in, in pass defense in a passing league in 2022. No surprises here. Jets are the fourth favorite in the AFC East. Bills, your favorite. Patriots second, then the Dolphins. Two divisions down, two to go. And just a reminder, tuned into the Action Network podcast. We are talking NFL free agency preview. We're looking at the AFC. Chris Raybon, NFL analyst, Brendan Glasheen. We move on to the AFC North and the reigning AFC champs. Cincinnati Bengals. Plus 2,200 right now to win the Super Bowl. They are co-favorites with it. the Ravens. Bet it. 2,200? <laughs> Come on. Like, are we? Are you serious? Like, this team has cap space. That's what's, what's crazy about the fact that the Bengals, you know, got to the Super Bowl in year two uh, of Joe Burrow is they still have Joe Burrow, a Super Bowl quarterback now, on his rookie contract. They have Jamar Chase. He's good. Like, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. He, like, I, I hear this all the time, Chris. He, I'm sure you do too. Well, hey, he's on his rookie contract. Yeah, but the quarterback has to be good. Right. See what the Rams, yeah. like, the, like the Rams, they had Jared Goff on the rookie contract. Then they realized, oh, it's not enough. We got to the Super Bowl and we didn't win it. So they moved off him and went out and got a real quarterback. Continue. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I totally agree. And it's March, right? Free agency hasn't even started yet. We're sitting here on a betting podcast trying to give – people any advice we can about what to do now there's not many things i'm gonna recommend that you go out and bet in march for the nfl but the Bengals, you know 22 to 1 to win the super bowl uh with the sixth most cap space Mm -hmm. in the league Mm -hmm. with joe burrow and jamar chase on rookie contracts take that uh you know 10 to 1 to win the afc take that you know they're not even the uh favorites to wait wait a minute their division oh, yeah. they're co yeah, they're no, yeah they're co-favorites they're favorites, right yeah they're right. co-favorites yep. to win the division i mean that's kind of absurd just given their quarterback situation and their cap space because again they got by with a very poor offensive line and mm-hmm. now they're going to be able to throw some money at some of these top guys out there you know teron armstead they they may have a chance, you know. I mean, he's going to have his kind of pick, and teams are going to be throwing money out at him, but they're going to have a chance at him. Uh, the top guard, Brandon Sheriff, they're, they're going to have a chance at him. Ryan Jensen at center, they're going to have a chance at him. So they're going to have a chance at all these guys. I mean, heck, we're hearing that they're interested in J.C. Jackson. I think that's, you know, I don't think that's going to happen, but uh, if I'm Jackson and they're throwing me enough money, why wouldn't I go there? So, I mean, they're in play for just all of these elite free agents. And this is a team that went to the Super Bowl and has quarterback under control. And not only that, but has one of the best receivers in the game. So, uh, yeah, I, this is a team that I think you, you want to bet on now because they're, they're only going to get better from here on out. Like, free agency is only going to make them better with, you know, over $30 million in cap space. 
I love how Chris is fired up. He jumped right in there on the Bengals. The disrespect as it pertains to their number to win the Super Bowl, as he said, 22 to one. They are the fourth favorite in the AFC. As we discussed earlier, though, my only my only caution would be maybe you wait, get a better number during the season if they get off to a slow start. The Super Bowl hangover thing. That's real. I mean, yeah, it is. But like the people listening to this podcast, they're not trying to wait. That's why they're listening. I know. So we got to We got to give right. them. There's not many. Again, like I, you're not going to hear me throwing out a bunch of these recommendations. I just think the Bengals are one of the few that you look at and you say, oh, you know, this team is going to get better. Like, yeah, like the Dolphins are going to get better, but like, is it going to matter? Probably not, you know, because yeah. it, it's going to be to a tongue of Iowa. But the Bengals, you know, with Joe Burrow, it's like, okay, Joe Burrow and $34 million of cap space. Like that's what you're looking for. If you are listening to an NFL betting podcast in March. Fair point. We have an audience here. You're right, Chris. Again, free agency starts next week. We move now to the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns. If I was being fair, we'd go in order by how they finished in the division, which would be Pittsburgh next. But come on, the Browns, they are more fun to talk about. Uh, The questions surrounding what they do with Baker Mayfield, what they do with their whole scheme, personnel, offensively. It's a great roster. I'm not sure what else they can do. They have about $18 million to spend. Your outlook for free agency and the upcoming offseason for the Cleveland Browns. I mean, it's a great roster at some spots, not at wide receiver. And now we're hearing that Jarvis Landry may be on the the outs as well. So they're in real trouble at wide receiver. Uh, You know, you're going to hear me say this a lot. Amari Cooper's an option if he's released by Dallas. Uh, Just I'm not really impressed with the wide receiver class this year, to be honest. Uh, I actually like the guy who excites me the most is probably Christian Kirk, which tells you all you need to know. Um, You know, I think guys like Cooper Robinson's pretty risky. Um, but he's going to be in play for Cleveland because right now, I mean, you're looking at probably not Landry and then you have people's Jones and you have Schwartz, you know, Higgins is not going to be back. So it's ugly at wide receiver. You're probably going to draft a guy uh, in the first or, you know, early in the draft, if you're Cleveland at wide receiver, but you still need maybe at least one, if not two more. So uh, every big name wide receiver, I think that's that, you know, they're going to be linked to as they should, and then, you know, they're in the middle of the pack in cap space, so they, they do have some flexibility. Uh, on defense, I think one thing uh, I would like to see them do is upgrade the interior of the line. You know, we know that you're going to have Garrett on the outside, but uh, I was just not impressed with their interior defenders last year. Malik Jackson ranked 99th of 110 interior defenders in PFF grades. Malik McDowell was 93rd. Uh, Jordan Elliott was 103rd. Uh, so maybe a guy like a Keen Hicks, you know, kind of stays in the general area, but comes over from Chicago to Cleveland. I think you could get him for under 10 mil a year, uh, you know, falling off a little, but I think still would be an upgrade. Um, BJ Hill is another option. And then probably going to still need another uh, a pass rusher opposite Garrett as well. So um, I, I like to, I would like to see them make some moves on the defensive line uh, and then wide receiver. It's, you know, it's really just going to come down to, uh, you know, who they draft and who's going to be available. Um, I think Rob, I wouldn't like break the bank for Robinson. I, I, I see the, the contracts I'm seeing for him. The projections are like, you know, 15 mil. I, oof, I don't know. I mean, he's, don't get me wrong. He's a good receiver. I don't think last year was a complete reflection on him, but uh, we've seen him have these really down seasons sometimes with bad quarterbacks. And I, you know, I don't know where Baker's at at this point, especially because we're, he doesn't have receivers. So, you know, if you, if you're the only guy there for Baker, it's still going to be tough. So, and it's going to be a tight end centric offense. So yeah, it's, 
it's wide receiver and, and it's D line for Cleveland. Do you really think do you think there's a strong possibility Landry's out? I mean, at first I didn't, especially, you know, once Beckham left, but the, the more I, you know, read into it and the more I'm hearing is that, you know, he's unhappy. They might be unhappy. The, you know, the, the contract, they don't like it. So I, I think it's possible. And, you know, he was, he kind of, you know, he's Odell's boy. So, I mean, I don't, I don't think he is too thrilled with the plan with Baker either, to be honest. Um, yeah, that's just the sense I get. I don't, I don't know if that's been like an actual rumor or not. But, yeah, I think there's a real chance that Landry's up. Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore Ravens, very limited in terms of what they have available to spend this offseason. What else do they put around Lamar Jackson? And what else can can the Ravens do in this free agency period? I think Lamar Jackson just has to carry them. Like, I, I don't think like we've, you know, we've kind of talked about every year, what are they going to do on offense to kind of help Lamar? And, you know, right. they got Bateman and they, they Watkins last year, though he didn't really pan out, but you have Brown. Mark Andrews is a stud, might even be the best pass catching tight end in the league now. Um, you know, that Kelsey's getting a little bit older. So, um, you know, I, I think Jackson, Jackson's their guy. He's their money franchise quarterback I think he's got to just carry them on offense I think you have to fix the defense uh you know they were 30th in DVOA against the pass uh and they were 31st over the middle so I I think a slot corner would help a lot you know they're gonna you know obviously get healthier on the outside but uh, maybe a Bryce Callahan uh who had a 96 percentile slot grade from PFF uh, also played some outside corner you know played in a man heavy scheme before. I think, you know, a guy like that could help, but I just think the secondary, you know, maybe you're going to need a safety as well. Um, But I I just think the secondary um, is going to have to be better. And uh, you know, they're also going to help it out. They're probably not going to blitz quite as much. So uh, maybe you need a little help uh, in the pass rushing department, but yeah, that, that pass defense has to get better. And, and I think some, some depth in the secondary uh, would go a long way. Cause we saw what happened to them last year and it wasn't not pretty. Pittsburgh Steelers. Finally, the Pittsburgh Steelers who did finish second in the division at nine, seven and one in 2021. The big question with them is who's their quarterback going to be next year? Uh, do we, have faith in Mason Rudolph to be the guy that can't no. be Mike Tomlin's answer <laughs> nah. right? with, with the talent at receiver with what they are, with what they are building on defense. This is also another pretty good roster the, the Aaron Rodgers, There was connections there about going after a big name. That's, that's not going to happen, but they, to me feel like a team and Chris, I think you're on the same page here. They got to make an upgrade at quarterback because they can still, they can still contend for a wild card spot at the minimum, maybe the division. Yeah. I mean, look at them last year. they, got to the playoffs with that, whatever that was of big Ben, the, the ghost of the ghost of big Ben. Broken, broken right. Uh, so I think an interesting one, and this, you know, obviously there'll be some trade uh, potential potential with uh, Jimmy G. Um, but I think if you're talking free agency, I think Jameis Winston would make a lot of sense here because he's a guy that, he finally started to cut down in his turnovers a little bit. He showed that he could be in that kind of game manager role with the Saints, you know, very low volume guy. I think he was career low interception rate. Uh, I think he would cost like under 10 mil a year, probably maybe you could even get him on a one year deal um, and he can get the ball down the field and that would help Chase Claypool. That would help Deontay Johnson. So uh, for me, I think Jameis Winston would be interesting uh, now the ownership has expressed, you know, that they, you know, could be interested in a, in a guy that has some mobility 
And it, because this team was able to win, you know, what was it? Nine games uh, with Roethlisberger last year, they can win with kind of a, a low volume, a game manager type of guy. And so if he's mobile, maybe they get like a Mariota, a Tyrod Taylor, Mitch Trubisky, mm. somebody like that. I mean, they could win another nine games and sneak into the playoffs with one of those guys. It won't be pretty. It'll be probably just as ugly, but uh, there's not much out there. So yeah, I, it's gotta be quarterback. I, I like Jameis, but if not, uh, I'm looking at Tyrod, Mariota, uh, Trubisky. Finally, we make our way to the AFC South. Again, on this episode, we highlight the AFC. Today as well, we'll have an episode out on the NFC in terms of our 2022 NFL free agency preview. We'll start with the reigning division champion, number one seed in the AFC last year, the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans. What can the Titans do? What's your outlook of the Titans and how they can roadmap their way to another one seed and contend in what is now, again, we keep saying it, a loaded AFC. Yeah, I think they're still squarely in their window of contention. So I think they're going to try to, you know, probably go after some, you know, some cost-effective veterans on one-year deals here. Um, they, they don't have a lot of cap space, you know, they, so it's not, you know, they're 27th in the league. I think they're still over the cap as of now. So they're going to have to do some things to kind of, to kind of make some room here. But one thing I noticed with them was that uh, this pass offense slipped to 21st in, in DVOA. And, you know, this team, yes, they're run first with Derrick Henry, but they counted on that pass offense to be extremely efficient because of Henry. And so, 21st is not going to get it done for them. And one of the things that I think they were missing was Jonu Smith. And I know he didn't do much in New England, but I think the tight end position, given how much they use it, I, I just think they didn't get enough from it. So I wonder if a guy like maybe like a Gronk would be willing to go there on like a one-year deal. You know, I think he would really be a good fit uh, in a play action game. Uh, he could block, you know, um, but they need somebody over the middle. Um, Chester Rogers, not going to get it done. Nick Westbrook, Akita, not going to get it done. We saw how that ended in the playoffs. So uh, I'm looking at, if not a tight end, a Gronk, an Ertz, uh, maybe a, a slot receiver like a, a Jamison Crowder. I think Braxton Berrios actually would be really interesting. Um, I think he's an underrated guy who can play uh, inside and he would – also be able to step into that return role that Rodgers had. So it wouldn't be a big splashy move, but it would be an upgrade on Rodgers, especially the way they kind of use that offense where, you know, they do use a lot of tight ends. So that third receiver doesn't have to be like this super expensive elite guy, but I just think they need more production over the middle of the field, given that they're so dependent on uh, play action. And because Julio, uh, you can't really count on him to, to be healthy. Wouldn't surprise me if John U. Smith becomes available out of New England. He can go back yeah. because it didn't go well his first year in New England, which happens with that playbook and a new offense. So keep an eye on that. Indianapolis Colts. We go to the Colts and folks remember the Colts now uh, for how they collapsed the last week of the season against the Jaguars. And now, amazingly, you would not have thought this last year at this time, but their head coach, and their GM could, could be two guys on the hot seat in Frank Reich and Chris Ballard for how they constructed this roster and more so how they trusted Carson Wentz to be their guy at quarterback. What do the Colts do to get back on track? 
Well, they do have cap space. They're kind of dangerous a little bit because they do have some cap space to where they're top five right now in cap space. So they do need a quarterback. That's first and foremost. There's just, you know, I don't mean to beat a dead horse, no pun intended, but there's just no, no real great options out there. You know, they're, you know, like, especially in the free agent market. So can this team get a guy who can give them maybe what Phillip Rivers gave them a couple of years ago? I mean, Jimmy G could definitely do that if they trade for him. Mm-hmm. I, could anyone else on that free agent market? I don't know. I, I mean, I think Winston's still in the most intriguing just because like, if you kind of say, okay, if he can be as efficient as he was last year, but just a little, like a little more volume, you know, the Colts still have this run game, right? They still have this, this run game. That's going to be great. And so they don't need a, a high volume passing attack, but obviously they need quarterback. They need another receiver. Cause you know, they can't trust any of these guys to besides Pittman to be good or healthy really. Um, so they, they obviously need that. And then, but what I really think the Colts need outside of quarterback is a, a pass rusher because they were 31st, second to last in pressure rate a year ago, uh, around 18%. They were 25th uh, with 33 sacks. So uh, I'm looking at them to go after one of the uh, better edge rushers. I think Chandler Jones would be an interesting fit. He had 11 sacks last year. Um, I think he could play the Leo or the Sam and his Gus Bradley defense. But um, I, I really think they need a uh, a pass rusher or maybe even two. I know they like Quiddy Pay, but – um, they definitely need to increase that pressure rate. And then uh, Xavier Rose is probably gone. So I think Casey Hayward is a real logical fit. Had a really good year for Bradley in Vegas last year. So I think that's just kind of a logical replacement for Rose. In the South, Titans are the favorite at plus 100. The Colts file in behind at plus 140. Let's spend a few moments on these next two teams because there's a lot. Well, the Jaguars, we'll go Jaguars first because there's a little bit more known, but same situation, I think, more so in this case. Jacksonville Jaguars. Balky, the GM. Uh, he, he better have got this right with Doug Peterson. He's the new head coach. But Balky, I think going into last year, middle of last year, would he keep his role uh, as head uh, as general manager? I think he remains on the hot seat going into this year with Trevor Lawrence in year two. You actually think, though, there might be an angle for them to go out and get another weapon for yeah, Trevor Lawrence? They need Lawrence. to. They need to get weapons for Trevor Lawrence. And again, I'm not, uh, I look at Christian Kirk. I think he, cause the Jaguars, they just kind of need to get better all around. So they don't need Kirk to come in and necessarily be that like number one guy. Although I think he could emerge as such. Um, but I just think that versatility of being able to play inside, outside, uh, beat man coverage, get deep. I think that would be a, a good receiver. And he's young, you know, he's only 25, uh, you know, to have him there for the next, you know, three, four years with Lawrence, you know, I, I think that would be beneficial uh, for them. They're probably still going to need, you know, one more wide receiver. It looks like Chenault is a bust, but, you know, they'll probably use ETN in the slot. No, they, they can do a lot of things, but I, I think Kirk is, is an interesting one. Um, you know, I, I doubt Allen Robinson's going to be up for a reunion there. Um, so, so Kirk kind of stands out to me. They are fifth in cap space. So um, they are a team that I think they can get better pretty much at every position. I think the defense is ahead of the offense, even though you have Lawrence. Um, I, I still think the defense is a little better. So yeah, I'm looking for them to just kind of add weapons. Uh, I think Kirk makes sense, but uh, this team is, I, I would go out for them. I would just kind of go after maybe, not every like the, the elite free agents because they're probably not going to want to go there, but get a lot of solid guys that are young it, that you can kind of build around that makes sense 
here in Jacksonville to kind of plug these holes because this is a winnable division. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I don't think you want to put all your eggs in one basket, especially at this stage. Um, I think you want to kind of keep that crap flexibility and, and just kind of shore up the roster. Cause this is a division that, I mean, the way, every, the way it's looking, it, you know, a lot of people liked them last year. I, I wasn't a believer because of urban Meyer, but I mean, you know, this year things break, right. I, they, they could be right there with like a eight and eight record, you know, and, and be in position to maybe, or eight and nine or nine and eight, whatever it is to, to win this thing. Jags plus 750 to win the AFC South, which is the third best odds of the four teams. And also, I mean, really just folks remember Doug Peterson, Nick Foles, that combination Mm -hmm. in the Super Bowl. Keep in mind, he got an MVP season out of Carson Wentz and won 13 games. So perhaps you can get the same out of a young, more promising quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. And I like to call it receiver because I'm pretty sure DJ Chark is an unrestricted free agent too. Yeah, he's not going to be back. I, I doubt it. Yeah. All right, let's go to the Texans. Of course, a team that uh, it's really hard to figure out what is going on there. Uh, Nick Casario has been dealt a tough hand with the Deshaun Watson story, and they make a change at coach. And we've just got breaking news that we can discuss uh, in our next uh, our next show, which actually works out well in the NFC, which is that also is dropping today, folks. We'll get to that. As it pertains to the former quarterback of the Colts, Carson Wentz. I'm in it here on the Texans. What do you think the Texans do? Houston Texans. Uh, I mean, Texans, you, they could stand to upgrade pretty much every single position on their roster. So, I, you know, I'm not going to go through them all. You know, you, we all kind of know who the top free agents are at each position. They're kind of middle of the pack in cap space. Obviously, Deshaun Watson plays into that. But one position that I'll kind of circle here is not one we talk about too much, but guard. I mean, like their interior line was just so bad, and their run game was just so bad. Um, you know, Howard was the worst run blocking guard in the league last year, 32nd in rushing DVOA. Connor Williams, James Daniels, you know, these guys are going to be available, uh, both top 20 run blockers at guard. I think those guys make a lot of sense, but I just think this roster is going to have to get upgraded all around. But like, you have to be able to get like, you know, a couple a yard when you need it at, at some point, like you can't just run for like 30 yards every single game when you're a team that probably has to kind of shorten these games and, and, and it, cause you're going to be the underdog in every game. So you can't be that bad at running, even though running is obviously not as important as passing. So I, I think you need to upgrade the interior line. That's going to do it for us on this episode of the Action Network podcast. Again, folks, as a reminder, we just went through the entire AFC. We have timestamps, not only for each division, but for each team. So if you want to go back and find your team, a team you like, a team you're passionate about, a team you want to learn more about, Chris has great breakdown of each team in the AFC, which, again, it's expected to be a really fun year for the AFC with all of these quarterbacks joining the conference. For Chris Raybon, NFL analyst at Action Network, Brendan Glasheen, again today dropping the NFC free agency outlook for NFL free agency, which starts next week. Keep your eyes on the Action Network podcast when that drops, and we hope you give it a listen. Thanks for tuning in.